Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Nancy P. from West Newton, Massachusetts, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, October 7th. Today we are reading from the big book and we are at page 89, the third paragraph beginning with, perhaps you are not acquainted with any drinkers, ending with, to be helpful is our only aim, reading just that one paragraph. Today's readers are Martha Z, Barbara E, and Lauren N. Reggie O is reading the 12 Steps, Jean S is reading the 12 Traditions, Jason K is the newcomer greeter, and Matt J.S. is the host for the second hour. The reference numbers for Wednesday, the 6th of October at 7 a.m. is 17,000, excuse me, 17,876, that's 17876, and for the 10 a.m. is 17,878, that's 17878. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Reggie O to read the 12 steps. Reggie, star Thank one. Thank you, Nancy. Yeah, yeah. thanks. Uh, good morning, everybody. My name is Reggie. Oh, I'm grateful to recovered here in Texas. And these are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles and all our affairs. Thanks for letting me be of service this morning. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks, Reggie O. I will now ask Jean S. to read the 12 Traditions. Hi, this is Jean S., um, a recovered compulsive overeater from Utah, the 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. For 
Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never to be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me share or <laughs> participate. Thank you, Jean S. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. Today we are reading on page 89, the third paragraph beginning with, perhaps you are not acquainted with any drinkers, ending with, to be helpful is our only aim. Reading just that one paragraph. I will now ask Martha Z to begin reading. Good morning, Nancy. Thank you for your service. This is Martha Z. I'm Recovered Compulsive Overeater by the Grace of God from outside of Philadelphia. Perhaps you're not acquainted with any drinkers who want to recover. You can easily find some by asking a few doctors, ministers, priests, or hospitals. They will be only too glad to assist you. Don't start out as an evangelist or a reformer. Unfortunately, a lot of prejudice exists. You'll be handicapped if you arouse it. Ministers and doctors are competent, and you can learn much about them if you wish. But it happens that because of your own drinking experience, you can be uniquely useful to other alcoholics. So cooperate, never criticize. To be helpful is our only aim. And uh, good morning, my friends in recovery. Um, um, it's 
Well, I, I want to I want to go back to the paragraph right before where it talks about frequent contact with newcomers and each other is the bright spot of our lives, and I that is so true for me. I uh, it is you know in in um, chapter nine where it talks about we're sure that God wants us to be happy, joyous, and free, and that's part of the joy I have by you know being able to help other people and seeing them recover and just seeing them get their lives back. It's such an incredible joy. Anyway, so then it talks about, it, it's, this paragraph starts out by talking about any compulsive overeater who wants to recover. And we're so blessed. It's not like we have to, to go to any effort to find compulsive overeaters. Now, there aren't always compulsive overeaters who want to recover, but um, it's a lot easier for us these days. Um, and then it says, something about we are uniquely useful and um i that makes me so think of the same thing in chapter nine where it talks about our dark past is the greatest possession we have the key to life and happiness for others and um anyway and i really thought that i could only be helpful to other people with compulsive overeating but god has used some of the other challenges in my life to help me to be useful to other people, which, as as Bill always says, there's nothing's wasted in God's economy. So the last thing I just wanted to say is I just wanted to go back to it works, it really does, because almost, um, I love to tell stories, so here's a short story. Um, almost two weeks ago, I had a bike accident, and, and I fell off my bike, and I really hit my head. I knocked myself out. So I am <laughs> not my normal self, and um but I have never been so grateful for my recovery. And I am so, like, I've been, I have no self-pity for it. I, I, I'm I just grateful that I, I am going to be okay and I just need to be patient. But it is, I, recovery is the most incredible thing, to be able to be peaceful and accepting and... Gentle reminder. Surrendered when something like this happens is a total miracle. And God is doing for me what I can't do for myself. So I'm grateful that I could, I hope, say something that was coherent. And um, thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Martha Z. Okay. Again, um, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. That means if you shared Tuesday or Wednesday, we'd like you to step back and let others have a chance. So who would like to share on what was just read? Amy Jane. Barbara E. Barbara E. Barbara E. Chuck K. Joanne. Chuck K. Amy G. Who G? Amy G. Amy G. Take a couple more. There was someone there that I missed. So far, I have Amy G. Joanne, that's the one. Okay, that's a good lineup. So this is who we have. Nancy T, Ann M, Barbara E, Chuck K, Amy G, and Joanne L. Okay, um, Nancy T, go right ahead. Good morning. Did you call my name, Nancy? I did. Oh, great. Go ahead. I was on meeting. I, I missed it. Thank you. Um, Nancy T, uh, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Lewiston, Idaho. So grateful to be on this meeting this morning. and. Um, 
I love also the last sentence of the previous one that um, it is the bright spot of my life to work with other compulsive overeaters. Um, and, you know, I usually find on the part about finding uh, compulsive overeaters who want to recover, I don't really worry so much about that because it becomes really evident pretty quickly in our work if they want it or not. And so I really don't worry about that. I try to, first of all, when I have an opening come up, I pray and I just ask God to uh, match me up with somebody that I can be helpful to. And that usually works pretty good. I used to, you know, only put my name out here because we have this awesome opportunity at the end of the hour to put our name out as an available sponsor, but we're so blessed to have so many available sponsors now on the line that I found sometimes it's hard for me to get my name out there and that there's so many, I don't always get calls back. I do often, but so I've tried to be because it's a little bit, we don't really call doctors and ministers and priests or hospitals now, at least I don't. And so, but what I do try to do is when I go to, we have all the Zoom meetings now, and if I'm on a Zoom meeting and people announce that they're looking for a sponsor, I reach out directly to that person in a private message. Um, I don't, you know, I used to just put my name out there, I'm available, but I wasn't getting any calls that way. Sometimes I would, but so I try to be a little more proactive and I reach out to them. If they say they're a newcomer, I ask them, you know, are you working through the steps? And um, I kind of make a an, an effort to reach out to the newcomer and I've had some pretty good luck. There's also um, meetings that are directed only for newcomers and um, specifically geared towards trying to match up a newcomer with a sponsor. And so I try to attend that meeting if I have openings. But my only aim is to be helpful. That is really the bottom line. And it's not only so I can help other people. The first reason I sponsor is so I can stay recovered myself. It is a requirement for me to sponsor in order to stay recovered. I can't do it without it. I have to do it. And um, maybe when I first started being a sponsor, I did it because I had to. Now I do it because I love it. It is one of the most spiritual acts that I do that keeps me spiritually fit is to work with others. And I don't just have to only be working with somebody taking through the steps, although that is, I think, what the spirit of Step 12 is. But also I can be of service in a lot of other ways with my home group, with my inner group, um, there's all, with my family, with my work. I can be of service wherever God puts me and wants to use me if I remain available and surrendered. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Nancy T. On M, you're up next, followed by Barbara E. Brilliant. Thanks, Nancy. This is Anne M here, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Ireland. Can I be heard okay? You can. Brilliant. Thanks, Nancy, and thanks for taking the meeting. And thanks, everybody on the line. And, uh, yeah, lovely share and uh, love this paragraph and love the whole, you know, chapter seven. And it's my favorite line in the book, in the whole book, I think, is, you know, that it's on the very last line I think we read, to be helpful is our only aim. And, you know, that really brings it home to me. It makes me so humble and, you know, willing to share my experience, strength and hope and to be helpful, you know, not to um, be holier than thou or, you know, looking up or looking down at another another fellow. It's 
to be uh, right-sized with my higher power and to be useful and helpful. And where at the start where it says, you know, perhaps you are not acquainted with any um, drinkers who want to recover. And for me, that just really, I suppose, shows me the people are, who I'm working with are looking for a solution and I'm not that solution. I'm just, a, you know, just a vehicle. I'm, 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 I'm just a vehicle to their higher power. And it's just, you know, knowing that, you know, the person that I'm going to be working with are willing to, I suppose, go to any lengths and willing to take direction because that's how I learned. And that's how I was shown how to find my higher power and to get access to my higher power. And uh, just as well, where it says, you know, because our only uh, because of our own drinking experience, you know, we can be uniquely useful to other alcoholics. And that just really reads for me. You know, that's my primary purpose. And, you know, uniquely, unique, uniquely and also our own experience. And that just shows, you know, me that I do have a purpose. I have a primary purpose. But, you know, we can bring our own experience, strength and hope. And as well, it just really brings me to where, you know, I meet the person or meet the fellow or meet the sponsee where they're at you know, just to bring my experience, strength and hope in. And, you know, I might, you know, say one thing and it might speak to somebody, but, you know, I might say it in a way that can come across or can be heard for that person. And somebody else might say it exactly the same way, but it just can't be heard. And I think we all have our unique values and, uh, and qualities that, you know, not every sponsee or not every fellow is attracted to. Um, And I love where it says, you know, so cooperate, never criticize. And that just really brings me right size as well. You know, meeting the sponsee where they're at, you know, treating them with respect as I would like to be treated by my sponsor. And uh, also just, you know, making me very grateful. Thank you so much, Nancy. Make me grateful, you know, for where I've come from and the, um, the, the, the help that I've got and the recovery. So with that, I pass. And thanks again, Nancy, for your for your service. Thank you, Ann M, for sharing. Barbara E, you're up, followed by Chuck K. Good morning, everyone. This is Barbara E in New Jersey. Nancy, thank you so much for your service and all the people who shared before me and will come after me. Well, I go, courtesy of Zoom, to meetings all over the country, in fact, all over the world. I was in Ireland just this past weekend. So even though... I have a lot of fears behind me, 20 plus years. I often introduce myself at a meeting as a grateful food addict. Being grateful is my most valuable principle. I thank everyone at the meeting for being there. I say not only are you helping yourself, you are helping the person sitting next to you in the Zoom room or the face-to-face meeting, but you're also helping me and I still need the help after 20 plus years. I truly believe I don't know it all and that I'm still capable of learning. I also believe by including the newcomer, they may leave the meeting with the feeling they're helping another, that we're all on this journey together. And as been said by a few before, that last sentence, to be helpful is our only goal. One of the best pieces of advice my sponsor ever gave me was work with others will do more for you, Barbara, than you could ever imagine. She was right. Working with others is that booster shot I need. 
to help me to gain immunity from the possibility of going back into the disease that might kill me. Sage advice then, but it makes even more sense today. Two decades ago, I may not have personally been a believer in a power that might protect me, but I do now. By the time I bent down to pick up that spiritual toolkit, and isn't that act of bending down a bit like praying, and I gratefully worked the steps with my spiritual guide lighting the way for me, and began working with others, I changed in a way I don't understand, but I don't have to. With the help of my invisible friend and the fellowship that's all around us, I go to bed recovered, but tomorrow is a new day, and I must begin again, thinking less of what you can do for me, but more for what I can do for you. There will be days in my life when the sea is rough and the day is gloomy, but I've learned just to let it be what it is, because this too shall pass. And amazingly, it always does. My unseen friend advises me to unpack and live there and just let it be and call another person to see how they're doing. Thank you. It has worked for many years now, so I might fight against the current, but swim with it. And with my my unseen friend, I'll reach to the shore and make a phone call and ask how everyone is doing. Thank you, I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. Chuck K., you're up, followed by Amy G. Hey, this is Chuck K. I'm a compulsive overeater. Well, when I first started program and I lost a little bit of weight and somebody told me that I got to go help other people, I remember my character defects all came to the front. I was ready to talk to anyone that I thought looked overweight, and I was going to tell them what they needed to do and how they did it. Now, remind you that even though I'd lost some weight, I was still probably about a 350-pound person. I remember thinking, I'm going to go get some business cards. I'm going to start handing them out to people. I had all these crazy ideas of what I was supposed to do. And luckily, it's funny now, luckily I had a sponsor who says, no, don't do that. Don't do those things. This is, this is how we do it. And it was lovingly explained to me on, on what I'm here to do. And what I'm here to do is I'm here to do God's work. And so really all I have to focus on is the footwork. When it looks when it when it um when I'm looking for a sponsee or I'm putting myself out there, that's all I do. I have to let the results be up to God. So what is my footwork? Well, some of the questions that I ask myself every day revolve around the progressiveness of this disease, a question I'm asked or that I discuss every day with my sponsor. Am I going to the same meetings or am I going to different meetings to shake things up? Am I talking to the same people every day or am I talking to new people every day or people that I haven't reached out to in a while? What exactly am I doing? What is the, what is the perspective that I have? Am I trying to push things or am I just sitting back and allowing God to work in my life? When I answer these questions, it helps guide me with the footwork for sponsee, which is going to different meetings, which is exploring other meetings and maybe even other fellowships if I think I'd like to do that, talking to different people. All of these things are good things. And the most important thing, I think, is helping others. 
I am fortunate enough to have helped a lot of people with the big book. Not that I'm special or anything, but that's the opportunity that I have. And I've learned the big book through that. And it's a wonderful thing. I love the way I sponsor. It's the way my sponsor took me through the steps and it worked for me. It may not work that way for another person. And that's fine. My job is not to be the end all and be all of program. I'm just simply here to do the best job I can of sharing my story and all the things that I've learned with program with another sick and suffering person and help them. So that's all I have. I hope everybody has a great day and I hope you got a kick out of my, my business cards that I was going to do. And I'm fortunate to have a sponsor tell me don't do that. Have a good day. Thank you, Chuck K. Perfect timing. Amy G, you're up followed by Joanne L. Hey, Nancy. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive reader from Maryland. Thank you so much, everyone, for a great meeting. Thanks, everyone, for service. Um, so we're in chapter working with others. So the first chapter we learned that, you know, it's important to work with others. That's a necessity. It's a non-negotiable. Second paragraph, they say this is an experience you must not miss. It's a bright spot. And now here we are in the third paragraph to say, you know, to be helpful is our only aim. And and now I have a purpose. I mean, I don't know about you all, but we talk about in this 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 whole this whole program about a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. I mean, not only do I have a purpose now of carrying the message to the still suffering compulsive reader, I mean that's tradition five is to carry that message, but now I actually want to be helpful to others. I, I mean, I don't know about you, but when in active addiction did I ever care about anyone else other than myself? I not only have a purpose now, I want to be helpful. Remember the promises we, led, we read in the last chapter that we will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. I mean, to me, this is just absolutely miraculous. Is, is working with others sometimes scary and difficult and all of those things? But yes, but I wouldn't miss it, not only because it's necessity for my own recovery to stay recovered, but because of the experience that it gives me, the purpose it gives to my life. I mean, when I was a kid, I felt like everybody got the instruction manual to life and I didn't. I was just like thrown into the waters of life and hope figure out somehow how to swim without drowning. And I tried to figure out my own way, and boy, did it not work. And now I'm given a purpose. I'm given a new happiness by helping others. Did I ever think helping others would be, bring me happiness and fulfillment? But this purpose, by going out there and being proactive, I love what others have said. I don't sit back and wait for someone to come to me and ask me. I go out there. If I'm available, I go out there and I look and I be of service because I want to be helpful. That is my aim. If that's not a miraculous transformation in my life, I don't know what is. This program is absolutely incredible and miraculous. And working with others is such a bright spot because it's not only assured my immunity from eating and the food from calling, it has taught me how to be accountable, how to be responsible, how to care for others. I have grown up by learning how to sponsor others. It has given me so much more than immunity from the food calling. It has given me so much more. And it has shown me again and again that by serving others, I serve myself. Again, I'm like, say what? How did I change? That's this program. That's the miracles of this program. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Amy. Um, we will now have Joanne L. Joanne, press star one. 
think. Sorry, sorry, my phone's complicated. Okay. Um, this is Joanne L. Joanne L. from Ohio. Um, uh, the sentence that caught my attention is uh, that it happens that because of your own drinking experience, you can be uniquely useful to other alcoholics. And um, I wanted to share an experience I had yesterday where I was struggling with food thoughts and I I have been for a while. So I've been putting off going to the grocery store because I don't feel like I'm strong enough to resist uh, binge foods going into my cart. And um, yesterday I felt like I was, you know, okay, I'm going to be able to do this. It's going to be fine. But halfway there, the, the monkey got back on my back and and uh, I wasn't sure what to do. Turn back. I'm down to table scraps in the fridge, nothing much to eat. So that's not good for my abstinence either. And um, I decided to call back a person that left me a text message earlier in the day from this line and uh, she so graciously talked me off the ledge. She, uh, I, I really called thinking this, I don't think this is going to work. I'm either going to proceed and end up breaking my abstinence or I'm going to have to turn back and try again tomorrow. But uh, it, it just so happens that I could identify with her which was helpful. She is one. She she does understand where I was and and what I'm going through, and um, she just offered me her reco- recovery and and hope, and uh, it was a successful mission. And now I have uh, abstinent foods in the house, and um, I I didn't have to break my abstinence. So I'm ever so grateful. Um, I never. I'm used to sponsoring other people and I haven't had this issue of having to reach out to others but boy I'm going through something lately to where I sure do and uh, I'm so glad that uh, that I got my feet wet and and actually called someone and 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 it works it really works like we read in the last couple of paragraphs so with that I'll I'll pass thank you for all your service Thank you, Joanne L. Okay, we're going to take another lineup. And again, I'll just remind everybody that although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared on Tuesday or Wednesday, we ask that you step back and let somebody else have a chance. So who would like to share this next lineup? Christina J. Christina J. Nancy T. Nancy G. Nancy T. No, whoever. Nancy will clarify that. And who was after Nancy? Kim S. Kim, Kim A. Kim A. Ginger C. Ginger C. I have you, Leah. Uh, did I miss somebody so far? I have Christina, Nancy, Leah, Kim, and Ginger. Who did I miss? Lynn S. Lynn S. Priscilla H. Priscilla H. Wait a minute. Let me see how much time. One, two. Okay. That's Crystal P. If we have time. But I hope we will. Okay. So uh, the lineup is Christina J., Nancy T., Leah S., Kim A., Ginger C., Lynn S., Priscilla H., and Crystal P. Um, Okay. Christina J., you're up. Go right ahead. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Christina J. recovered for today with the grace of God in the state of Washington. Who knew that sitting outside a grocery store, 
stuffing my face with ice cream, candy bars, chips, and then going down the road to the fast food, hamburgers, tacos, and milkshakes, all in one day, and then going home and feeling horrible. I lay in bed, my body aching, burning, my stomach hurting, fear coming over at me at 2 in the morning. I don't know how to diet anymore. I don't know how to eat anymore. My husband giving me tough love, telling me, you've got to stop, honey, you're going to die. Crying out to God, getting a few days of abstinence and then coming back to the food again. Who knew that sitting up at 2 in the morning with acid reflux so bad coming up into my throat and my heart that I thought I was having a heart attack and having to sit up for hours in a private room away from my husband because I'd snuck out the day before and stuffed my face again. Who knew that diets that didn't work, relating to people who were on diets that didn't have this problem, who knew all this stuff that my, when I did feel like I was recovered, that I got back into my abstinent foods, would just over-exercise to keep the weight down, telling myself I was abstinent, having banana episodes, as I called them, four or five bananas in a row or this or that or the other, and then my weight going down and me feeling great about myself. Who knew that the weight loss and the recovery there and the physical weight loss would not hold me? Who knew that just sponsoring would not work? Who knew that my last round of binges as I sat outside grocery stores telling myself, hey, I can do this once a week. Why not? Sure, I feel good now. But then when I go home, the cravings start again. Who knew? Who knew? Who knew? Who knew that this all would be helpful to somebody? That's what I've got to offer is my experience, strength, and hope. Is all this crap, these horrible episodes that now have turned into gold in my soul to share with someone who could relate to me, who could say, yeah, I know about that. And what about all the other stuff, you know, my personality crap, my crap behind my inside my head, my selfishness, self-centeredness, all that fear that I'm going through and that I've come through lately in these last few days. Who knew that that would be helpful to someone? God has gifted us with incredible, incredible gifts to share with still suffering people. How selfish it would be not to go out and help someone, to have the courage to go out and bring this message. People are suffering. I see more and more and more people every day that are walking around in fat suits. I like to call it that because inside that's not who they really are. I have such compassion now. I don't look at people and say, hey, hey you're, you're fat, I'm skinny, I control it with exercise. Gentle reminder. Thank you. My heart breaks now. If you're out there and you're suffering like this, we have had the experience. Make a call, get a sponsor, get going. I love you guys. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Christina J. Nancy, and could I have your last initial? Hey, it's Nancy C. from Ann Arbor, Michigan. Good morning, family. I am compelled to talk. Can you hear me? Yes, go right ahead. Sorry about that. All right, let me try this one more time. Good morning, everyone. Nancy C. from Ann Arbor, Michigan. And boy, look look at me. Look at my life. Look at us. We're all out there helping other people. Who would have thought I would have wanted to help anyone like anybody else said before? Um, I have such a story to tell people. It doesn't help everyone. It helps some people. And the people that it does help, those are the people that I want to help. And it says in the book, don't waste your time, you know, on people who aren't ready to hear your story. But today, 
we all have a story. And you know what? It's not something like somebody said earlier in the week that I had to memorize and be able to regurgitate to somebody else. It's my truth. And I know my truth, especially with my addiction. I don't even have lives we, lies weaved into it. I just need to talk and tell my story, and that does help somebody else. You know, the spiritual axiom of um, asking God, cleaning house, and helping others, this is the whole thing. For me, this is what today is. This is why I get out of bed. This is what I want to do every day. And if I ever thought I needed something, I have a purpose now. It doesn't matter what I do with my day as long as I pick up the phone when somebody calls, as long as I make an outreach call to somebody else and I share this message. My life is so full and it's all because of you guys. If you're new on the line today, this is where it's all out. There's 700 people on this line willing to help you. Just give your name out and follow somebody. They'll get you through this program. I am so blessed to have found you guys. Love you all and have a great day. Thanks. I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy C. Leah S., you're up next, followed by Kim A. Leah, go right ahead. Thank you very much, Nancy. Good morning, everyone. My name is Leah S., recovered and grateful in Brooklyn. Um, October 26, 2014, was the day that I stopped um, eating my binge foods. And that's not my badge entirely. It really isn't and doesn't define me. What happened with me as I continued losing my weight, and it got to a point where it was 65 pounds, and it didn't, um, I didn't fluctuate back and forth and back and forth. And not only didn't I fluctuate, I finally realized that I got to a code of morals behavior that I wanted to change. And, you know, in page 25, they're talking a lot about the solution. And on page 567, they're talking a lot about the solution. And isn't it wonderful and amazing that every single day I find different outlooks, more insight when I read this book, Oh my goodness, this also makes sense. Oh my God, how is it possible? Guys from 1900s, get out of here. This is not even real. And it does, it is real, and it is true. And that's all that I have to say. And whenever I speak to someone, I, I always think of something new. I, I mean, this is real, literally new, new. And it's another insight. And that's what this program is about, that I can try to uh, connect with people that I don't know, that I've never spoken to, that I've never met, and, 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 and just, it's just amazing. And it continues to amaze me. It's not something that I'm making myself. This is something from my gut. This is real. This is true. And so, yeah, I came for my vanity, but I stay for my sanity. And I pass. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you, Leah S. Kim A., you're up next, followed by Ginger C. Go right ahead, Kim. Thanks. Good morning. This is Kim A. from New York City. And so we know that by the time we get to this chapter, it's assumed that we've taken all of the actions and recovered. And 
that we've had these promises come true. Um, so many promises throughout the book. And when I think about step 12, because this is really about step 12, right? Step 12 starts with having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps. Step 12 doesn't start with having gotten abstinent or having stopped eating sugar, eating sugar or having been able to like successfully weigh and measure for such and such amount of time. It's about having had a spiritual awakening, which the first like 18 years that I was struggling in OA, I thought I knew what that meant, but I, I didn't really. I didn't understand what that psychic change meant. It sounded a little like daunting to me and like a little cultish. Um, and what I've come to realize after working the steps and letting the food kind of work itself out, which worked for me, um, that this psychic change, all this is, is it's a change in my thinking and my attitude from taking the actions in these steps and doing what my sponsor says. Um, and the reason that a change in my thinking and attitude is so important is because that's like the crux of what our problem is. Our problem isn't the food, right? I didn't binge because of sugar. I didn't binge because I wasn't avoiding the right foods. I didn't binge for any reason other than my thinking and my attitudes. And we learn as we work the steps that it's all about our own selfishness. So anyway, fast forwarding to step 12, um, because we've been able to recover and hopefully get that neutrality around food from having that spiritual awakening, because you know, the problem is that we're powerless and we need to find a power greater than ourselves. These are the things that we can um, pass along either to newcomers or people who are struggling. I was 18 years in in a chronic relapser and I needed to hear the message of recovery as if I was a newcomer because I didn't understand that, you know, it didn't really freaking matter what I was eating or not eating, that the message was about being willing to take these actions, stop thinking so much, stop trying to figure shit out all the time, stop trying to put my own spin on things because I thought I knew better than, you know, these hundred men and women who actually recovered. I hadn't recovered and I still thought I knew better. So I needed to just shut up, listen to my sponsor, do what she said, do what the book said. Gentle reminder. And it's not Thanks, I'll wrap up. And it's, it's not magic. It took a while for me. But when I can tell my story to somebody who needs to hear it, that is um, a direct result of my spiritual awakening and working the steps. It has nothing to do with my food. Um, thanks. I'll wrap up. Kim A., New York City Recovered Available Sponsor. Thanks. Thank you, Kim A. Ginger C., you're up, followed by Lynn S. Go ahead, Ginger. Ginger C, press star one. Oh, I did press star one, but I forgot to take off the mute. Can you hear me? <laughs> yes, go right ahead, Ginger. Oh, all these little details of life. Oh, my God. I just love that we can laugh, though. <laughs> Thanks so much, Nancy. And I am Ginger C, a real compulsive overeater in Colorado. And I just love this. We cooperate. We never criticize. Our code is love and tolerance. When newcomers come in, they're hurting in a great way. I had a call from someone who's never even been to OA. And I have a great opportunity if I quit playing God 
that's the most important piece for me every day. Quit playing God, Ginger. And guess what? There's only one difference between me and God. God never wants to be Ginger. But I sure want to be God. And I take the reins. And I can make a mess. And, you know, they're lucky that they even found us and got through that door. So how am I being? How am I showing up? What am I? Am I with this humility in place? You know, I love the set-aside prayer. I don't know. If I knew, why the hell am I in 12-step rooms? My life was a mess. And it's just now getting back together after a horrible, horrible relapse. Never thought I would have that first fight after Virginia Beach in five years of this beautiful recovery. And guess what? The disease won because I stopped and I forgot. Oh, right, you're a real compulsive overeater. You're crazy with food. You've got to practice this like your life depends on it, Ginger. You can never stop, not for a second. So we're going to be helpful because the most important piece for all of us is this power. And if I don't have God, and I'm not going to God throughout these minutes, throughout these days, I have no power between me and my crazy mind that will convince me, because I lie, I cheat, I steal. I am such a bull. I'm not going to say the next word, but I'm a con artist. And my thoughts convince me, and they always coerce me in the wrong way. But when I have God, I'm good. And the gift, the most important gift, is I might connect to that person who's suffering right now in the lines because as much as we hear a lot of grief, recovery, on vision, there are many more that don't have it. And that's my mission every day. And I pray I never forget by taking a bite because I don't know who God's going to put in front of me today. But if I'm thinking too much about ginger or I'm thinking I know too much, my pride, my ego... I'm going to miss it. And I'll just end quickly. I love how this higher power works because I was led to the most incredible woman local here in Colorado. And she walks with humility. And she knew I knew the book. And she guided me in such an amazing way. So this God, this power is in us, and it's working. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Ginger C. Lynn S., you're up next, followed by Priscilla H. Go right ahead, Lynn. Good morning. This is Lynn S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Toronto, Canada. To be helpful is our only aim. Took me about 30 years to get that line. Because I got to tell you, they just were not doing it right, and I couldn't stand it. Like, what's wrong with these people? Why can't they get it? You know, what's all this talk about you know, things that I, different things than the way I did it. Why are they always talking about the tools and not the steps? And, you know, I spent so much time, I get so aggravated at because I had to waste all my time drilling it into these people. They just weren't getting it. And it finally dawned on me, and it dawned on me in a lot of hard ways, like people telling me, uh, you know, the effect I was having on them and me being outraged because they weren't getting it either. And it wasn't that I, you know, I was trying to straighten them out. I was absolutely trying to straighten them out. Why? So they could recover? No, because I 
Lynn S. couldn't stand the discomfort of what they were saying or how they weren't working it. Because, you know, when it really came down to it, it rattled me. Maybe I was on the wrong bandwagon again. Maybe everything I believed wasn't true. Maybe. And it rocked me. It rocked me to my core, and I was fighting for my life and killing them. I am so grateful for first the humiliation and then the humility that brought me to see this line in a chapter I so rarely read, but not just to see it, because I can see it, and I thought I was helping. I really did, but I really didn't. And to have it land in my heart and to really, truly only want to be helpful. What a gift from God. Hard road for me and the others that I affected. I am so grateful now that it went from my head to my heart. And I hope now that I truly am helpful when I speak to somebody. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lynn S. Okay, Priscilla H., you're, fo- you're up next, followed by Crystal P. Go ahead, Priscilla. Thanks. This is Priscilla H., recovered and recovering, uh, but never cured in New Jersey. And I just want to comment about the first couple of sentences in this paragraph. I really thought probably somebody would have already mentioned by now the fact that back in the 1930s when this book was written, Um, the recovering alcoholics could ask a doctor, a minister, a priest, or a hospital for some names of people who needed help. Today, that cannot happen. Probably everybody has uh, bumped up against something called the HIPAA laws that were, I believe, passed in the United States in maybe the 1990s. I don't know about the other countries Um, that are represented in this meeting, but here in this country at least, if a doctor or some other uh, professional gave me the name of someone that they think needs help, they could lose their job for it, they could maybe lose their license, they could even end up in jail for it. Um, You sign a ton of papers when you go into any kind of treatment facility, and I've gotten to where I don't even read those papers, I just sign them, but a lot of them have to do with um, the privacy about uh, medical information. So I can't ask anybody for any names of people who need help. But that said, there is one thing I can do, and I haven't been doing it. So I'm saying this to myself. What I can do is share just a tiny little tidbit, a little crumb, if you please, about my own life experience. Almost every um, facility, unless you go into a hospital on a gurney, they're almost always going to want to get your height and your weight, your height and your weight. Well, there's an opportunity as I'm uh, standing on the scale and letting them measure my height. There's an opportunity for me to say, um, perhaps laughingly, yeah, I'm I'm that weight because I belong to um, a 12-step recovery program for people who overeat like I do, 
and and that has saved my life, or something along those lines. Now, the person who's getting my height and my weight and hearing me say that may be perfectly normal eater. They may have no interest whatsoever in um, Overeaters Anonymous, but I may have planted some tiny little seed that will uh, uh, bear fruit when they run across someone who needs to know that, hey, there is something called uh, Overeaters Anonymous. I don't know what it's all about, but I heard about it the other day. I hope what I'm saying is making some sense. Thank you so much. Thanks for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Priscilla H. Crystal P., you're up. You'll take us out. Go right ahead. Hi, good morning. This is uh, Crystal P., Recovered Compulsible Reader from Toronto, Canada. This paragraph really brought me back to what I was like in the disease. I was a regular Mother Teresa. I helped everybody. And it was only in coming to recovery that I realized that I was useless and counterproductive to most people in my life. In fact, I had to make amends to almost every single person that I tried to, quote, help. And the reason for that was because when I helped them, it was all about me. I had to make me feel better. I could not bear the discomfort of watching someone else have a negative feeling. I had to feel like I was a good person, and the only way I could do that is by fixing you. So I would help people in areas I had no experience in. My favorite example is that I tried to fix my parents' marriage when I had never even had a boyfriend before, and I was their marriage counselor. You know, and it really didn't matter if I was actually helping at all. All that mattered was that other people thought that I was helping. It, I didn't actually want to be helpful. I just wanted the reputation of someone who was helpful. And today, I, I, I get down on my knees every day, and I thank God that today I'm not useless or counterproductive. I actually am able to help people. And the reason for that is, first of all, I only share my experience today. You know, God has given me physical, emotional, spiritual recovery, just a miracle. And so I stopped, you know, I stopped focusing on helping people that I have no business trying to help. And I focus my effort and energy on compulsive overeaters who have the same disease as me, who I can share my experience, strength, and hope with. And if I don't have experience, then I don't try and help. I, I don't push my help on people. I ask them, how can I help you? And I pray to God, God, help me. To help be helpful to them the way you want me to be helpful, not the way I want to be helpful. And I don't try and fix them. If, they, if they're allowed to have any kind of feeling with me, negative feeling, positive feeling, discouragement, whatever you feel, it doesn't matter. If I can say something that's helpful, great. If, if it's not, then that's okay also. And then at the end, I always ask, was this helpful to you? And I, I listen for what they say because... I get to learn from there about what actually was helpful and what was not, and then I can take that to my next call. And I'm so grateful today because today, when I wake up in the morning, I know I have a chance to actually be useful to other people, and that's only a gift of recovery and a miracle from God. Thanks for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Crystal P. Okay, so Crystal is our last person to share, and thank you to everyone who shared Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Thursday, October 7th, is 17,884. Excuse me, sneeze. Um, That's 17884. We will now close the meeting um, with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Barbara E. please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Uh, Thank you so much. Page 164, 
Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who's still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you can't transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.